What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John. This week, we are back to analyze the UFC 261 pay-per-view going down tomorrow night, Saturday, April 24th, 2021, headlined by Kamara Usman versus Jorge Masvidal 2. This 13-fight car will take place from Jacksonville, Florida, which means we are back in the big UFC cage. We are also back in front of a full fan audience. We had some fans in Fight Island for a few events, but this is the first event with full fans in over a year, so I'm really excited for this card, and we got 13 good fights. Just a recap of last week, we did predict 8 out of 10 fights correctly on the podcast and profit 1.2 units on official track bets, so it was a good week in terms of official track bets and a good week in terms of predictions. I hope you all made some money on the picks last week, and I hope you all enjoy the fights and make some money on these fights coming up tomorrow night. So we're going to start things off in the women's strawweight division where we have Ariane Carnelosoli, who is the minus 213 favorite, taking on Na Liang, who is the plus 183 underdog. Liang is making her UFC debut here, and quite frankly, I think she's an awful fighter. She dives for takedowns very desperately. She has no setup to her takedowns, no real striking, and her top control, her wrestling, her submission game isn't even that good. She's a very sloppy grappler, and I think that Liang is going to need takedowns and a submission here to win. I don't think that she can win the fight in any other way. And Liang also slows down really bad as the fight goes on. All of her wins come in the first two rounds. So if this fight goes past the halfway mark, it should heavily favor Carna Lasoli. And if the fight stays in the feet, it should heavily favor Carna Lasoli as well. She's a much more proven striker. She actually had a somewhat competitive fight with Angela Hill in her UFC debut about a year and a half ago. She's coming off a long layoff, but I still think we can trust Carna Lasoli here. She should be the much better striker. And as long as she avoids those desperate takedowns and those weak submissions from Liang, she should be able to outstrike Liang on the feet, end up in top position, land ground and pound and might even be able to pour it on in the last two rounds to find a finish. And I think I will go with that as my pick. I'm going to go with a round three TKO pick for Carna Lasoli. I think even a minus 213, she's a safe bet, honestly. A good way to play this fight to guarantee profit is Carna Lasoli money line and Liang submission. I don't see Liang winning any other way besides submission. And even that, I don't think has a high chance of happening. So Carna Lasoli should be pretty safe here at minus 213. And I'm picking her to win by third round knockout. The next fight takes place in the flyweight division. We have Jeff Molina, who is the minus 123 favorite, taking on Keelang Aori, who is the plus 103 underdog. Both guys are making their UFC debut here. Molina is coming off a win in the Contender Series, and Aori is coming off of the Chinese Regionals. And I'm not too impressed with either guy. I think neither guy is a really good grappler. They both can be taken down. They both do not look good off of their back. I've seen them both be stuck on their back for multiple minutes. Most of the footage of Aori looking like a bad grappler is from a few years ago, so it's possible he might have been improving his defensive grappling, but in Molina's second most recent fight, the fight before the Contender Series against Porter, he was taken down, throwing a flying knee, he got stuck on bottom for three or four minutes, he got his back taken, and he just didn't look very good off of his back, so I think Aori is going to try to hit takedowns here. He has shown the more offensive wrestling capabilities he has taken down and kept top position on some of his opponents. Neither of these guys have really fought good opponents though, so it's a hard fight to be confident in. In terms of striking between these two, I think they should be pretty competitive exchanges. I slightly favor Molina because I think he has the more, more overall striking technique, but Aori loves coming forward on the feet. He loves getting in brawls, just trading punches in the pocket. I think there's a good chance to see these guys swing it out on the feet, and these guys are going to be live to knock each other out. So I actually do have a bet tracked on this fight. It's fight ends by knockout at plus 450. I think there's a great odds for guys who I think are going to trade back and forth. 
But in terms of my official prediction, I actually think Aori is going to hit takedowns here, keep top position, and might even wrestle his way to a decision. I've seen enough consistency with the offensive takedowns from Aori, and I've seen enough bad things off of Molina's back that I think that Aori is going to try to hit takedowns here, and I think he has a decent chance of getting them and keeping top position. So I'm going out on a bit of a limb here. I'm picking Aori by decision. But make no mistake, it's not a confident pick. Aori has not fought at flyweight in a long time. He tends to slow down as the fight goes on, so we never really know how his cardio is going to be at this new weight class, and there's just a lot of questions here. So at a near pick and price with two UFC debutantes, uh, I'm not confident in either side here, but I'm going to go with Aori here as the pick by decision. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Zhu Rong, who is the minus 225 favorite, taking on Rodrigo Vargas, who is the plus 190 underdog. Right off the bat, this line seems pretty wide to me. I have not really seen too much impressive from Rong. He's fought some really bad competition in China. He looks like a decent boxer. He has some power in his hands, but he's not very comfortable when he's pressured. He doesn't have the best defense when he's on the back foot, and he also can be pushed against the cage. He can be taken down. I've seen him spend a lot of time with his back against the cage. I've seen him get taken down. I just don't think he's a really good grappler. I don't think he's fought very good opponents, and I don't think he's going to do well under pressure, and Vargas is a decent pressure fighter. He comes forward. He throws strikes in the feet, he gets you moving backwards, and he's capable of hitting offensive takedowns and keeping top position. We saw that in his last fight against Brock Beaver, even though he was technically disqualified from that fight for an illegal knee. He showed a pressure striking game plan, he got Weaver to the cage, he took him down, and he actually had pretty decent top control. He was leg lacing Weaver, he was keeping top position, and he made a really dumb mistake and kneed him in the face illegally, but... If he hadn't done that, I think he was on his way to cruising to a decision by just outgrappling Weaver that entire fight. So I think he's going to do the same thing here. I think he's going to pressure wrong, put him on the back foot, get him uncomfortable, move him backwards. His defense will start to suffer a little bit. And I think we're going to see Vargas take him down and outgrapple him here. So I really like the plus 220 underdog. I'm picking him straight out. I'm simply just a little more confident in the quality of fighter that Vargas is. We've seen him tested against decent competition in Combati. We've seen him in the UFC a little bit. While Rung has fought nobody good, it's his first fight in the UFC, and I just think a lot of wrong, a lot could go wrong for Rung here. No pun intended, but I think he's going to get taken down, grinded out, and lose a decision here. So the pick for me is Vargas by decision. I would definitely have a bet on that plus two twenty underdog. There's a lot of value there. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Dana Batgarel as the minus 192 favorite, taking on Kevin Natividad as the plus 167 favorite. Where this line is at now, it's likely dog or pass. Batgarel was minus 130, minus 150 about a week ago, and if you wanted to bet him, I think that was the time. But where it's at now, I think it is dog or pass because Natividad did lose his last fight. But it wasn't a terrible showing against Miles John. He showed decent takedown defense. He showed that his striking is continuing to improve. He did get caught with a nasty uppercut and knocked out in that fight. But it's not like he's looked super chinny in his fights before that as well. Getting over to his opponent, Bat Garrell. Uh, Bat is mostly a boxer. He does have some nice hands. He's got some power in his hands. He knocked out his last opponent, Guido Canetti, with a nice left hook back in last March. So I do think that Nana is a pretty promising boxer. Should be the likely better striker of the two. But it's not like he's some incredible striking phenom where I think he's going to blow Natividad out of the water. 
And in terms of Bacquerel's grappling, he's not a terrible grappler, but he can be taken down. He's not the best at getting back up to his feet. He was in a very competitive fight with uh, Alatang Haley in his UFC debut, and he did lose that fight because he got taken down and stuck on bottom in the last round. But that was a really close fight, 1-1 going into round three, and he sadly lost that fight due to getting taken down. So it's not like Natividad is a very persistent wrestler, but he has hit some takedowns in his regional fights. And I think the threat of the takedown is enough for me to recommend passing at minus 192. As I mentioned, the time to bet Backerel has passed, but I'm still picking Backerel to win this fight. A knockout is possible, but I'm going to go with decision here. Denon Backerel by decision is the official pick. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Pat Sabatini, who is the minus 267 favorite, taking on Tristan Connolly, who is the plus 227 underdog. We got Pat Sabatini making his UFC debut here. Tristan Connolly coming back after his big upset decision win over Michel Pereira. He took a welterweight fight on short notice against Michel Pereira, ate some big shots early, and was able to outgrapple Pereira as that fight went on. Had some pretty good grappling abilities, had good cardio, and just showed a ton of heart and skill in that fight. Really impressed by that victory from Connolly. But in terms of how it translates to this fight here, I don't see much relevance. That fight was at 170 pounds, this is at 145, and Sabatini is just a completely different fighter. He's going to be able to compete in the grappling this time, he's not going to gas out like Pereira did, so it's just going to be a totally different fight. And some other things to note about Connolly is that he has not fought in a year and a half. He is coming off of an injury from a car accident, I think he severely injured his neck in a car accident in 2020, and he also had COVID somewhat recently as well, so I think there's a lot of red flags around Connolly, and we're probably seeing that put into the price tag here. Now getting a little more into the matchup, I think the striking between these two should be pretty competitive. I give a slight advantage to Sabatini, but neither guy is a really great striker. I think most guys, both of them are most comfortable when grappling, so I do expect this fight to have a lot of grappling. And both guys are good in top position, but I think the biggest difference between these guys is who's better on bottom, and I think that's Pat Sabatini. He's much more proven in terms of getting off of his back, threat, threatening with submissions and sweeps. And we've seen him go in back and forth grappling fights with Mariscal not that long ago. And I just think we can trust Sabatini a lot more if he gets taken down. While if Connolly gets taken down, he was taken down a few times by Michel Pereira. He doesn't look the best off of his back. And I think that Sabatini probably keeps him down on the mat once he gets him down. So I just think that Sabatini's got a lot more recent experience. He's fought at 145 a lot more. He's much more comfortable at that weight class. And I give him a slight striking and grappling advantage here. So I think the price tag is pretty justified here. I think Pat Sabatini likely outgrapples Connolly to either a submission or decision. I'm going to go with decision as the official pick. I think Connolly is capable enough to avoid a submission here, but in rounds two and three, it could get pretty lopsided. We might see Sabatini pour it on for a finish. So Sabatini should be a pretty safe pick here, and I'm picking him to win by decision. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Brendan Allen as the minus 155 favorite taking on Carl Roberson as the plus 135 underdog. I think this line is pretty accurate where it's at now. I do cap Allen around 60%, so I don't really see much value on either side here. I probably wouldn't recommend laying the chalk on Allen at this stage of his career. He's just not quite proven enough to trust him at that minus 150 price tag, but I do think this is a pretty good matchup for him. He's definitely going to be outmatched on the feet. Carl Roberson definitely has a striking advantage in this matchup. Allen has struggled with southpaw strikers, and Roberson is a pretty decent kickboxer. 
The main issue with Roberson is I don't think he's a very smart fighter. I think he tends to put himself in bad situations. He tends to initiate the clinch when he doesn't really need to. And he doesn't have the best takedown defense. He gets up pretty recklessly once he gets taken down, exposing his neck to front chokes, exposing himself to back takes. And that's really what Marvin Vittori really exposed in his most recent fight. He got taken down. Was in a few guillotines there, survived, and then eventually gave up his back to get rear naked choke. So bad gr defensive grappling performance from Roberson in that fight. And that's a bad sign for this matchup as well because Allen is a very good grappler in my opinion. He's not a great wrestler. He doesn't have reliable takedowns, but he is very good on top. He's good at reversing position on bottom with sweeps and submissions as well. So I think he's the much better grappler of the two. And if the fight does get on the floor, I think the Roberson will be getting up in reckless ways and he will give Allen opportunities to submit him here. So I'm not extremely confident in Allen hitting takedowns here, but with the bad fight IQ of Roberson, with the way he initiates the clinch, he kind of gets himself taken down a lot of the time as well. So I think the fight ends on the floor. I think Allen outgrapples Roberson and probably finds a submission in the last two rounds here. The official pick for me is going to be Allen by submission in round two, but Roberson does have a chance of getting a knockout here. I do not disagree with some stabs on the Roberson knockout prop. Maybe Roberson knockout rounds one, round two. If the fight gets past the halfway mark, I think that's a good sign for Allen, and he probably is out grappling Roberson at that point. So the odds are right here. I don't see much value in the money lines, but the pick for me is going to be Allen's submission round two. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Dwight Grant, who is the minus 205 favorite, taking on Stefan Sekulich, who is the plus 175 underdog. This line seems pretty wide to me, and it's not because I have a lot of faith in Stefan Sekulich. He does only have one UFC fight, and it was about two and a half years ago. He's coming off of a USADA suspension, and he's just not that great of a fighter overall, but neither is Dwight Grant, and I think that Dwight Grant should not be minus 200 against any UFC welterweight, mostly because he's a low-volume puncher. He does have some decent boxing, some knockout power, but he's very low-volume. He lost to Zach Otto fight in embarrassing fashion by just not throwing enough strikes. He has been taken down too. He has shown some decent takedown defense, but I think that Stefan Sekulich is going to shoot a lot of takedowns here. He's going to be looking to implement a wrestling game plan, and I just haven't seen the takedown defense of Dwight Grant to trust him to stuff the shots here because even if Dwight Grant does stuff the shots, he's going to have to win the rounds by throwing and landing more strikes, and he just does not throw a lot of strikes. So I imagine this fight being very close. I like Sekulich's game. He has some southpaw striking, some decent kicks, and he shoots a high amount of takedowns. He looks like a capable grappler. So I think he's going to give Dwight Grant a very tough run for his money. And I like Stefan Sekulich's chances to pull off the upset here. I do already have a bet tracked on him at plus 188 odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I think I have a 0.75 units on him. I don't have an immense amount of confidence in Sekulich, but I do think he is the right side. And I do think he looks... Uh, better than plus 175 here. So I like a small bet on Sekulich. Don't do, go too crazy because he's not very proven, but I'm down to fade Dwight Grant as a minus 200 favorite all day. And I'm just going to pick Sekulich as an underdog here to win the fight as well. I'll go with him wrestling to a decision victory. So Sekulich's decision is the pick. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Randy Brown as the minus 145 favorite, taking on Alex Cowboy Oliveira as the plus 125 underdog. This line seems pretty accurate to me. You could even argue that Brown should be a little bit more of a favorite because I think he is the more consistent fighter. I think he is the more consistent striker with his volume. Oliveira very inconsistent. I mean, some fights he looks great. Some fights he looks off. In his last fight against Shafkat Romanov, he definitely looked off. He wasn't throwing many strikes. He got rocked with some strikes and then choked out with a guillotine in round one. 
I was pretty unimpressed with Shafkat's tape going into that fight as well. I picked and bet Alex Oliveira in that fight, so the way he just got smoked in round one was even more concerning. On the other end, we got Randy Brown, who's also coming off of a pretty bad loss. He ran into Vincente Luque and just got his legs chopped down in that fight, got outstruck badly, and eventually got knocked out in the second round of that fight. But before that, Brown was actually picking up some decent wins. He was looking like a much improved fighter, much improved striker versus Brian Barberina and Warley Alves. He outstruck both of those guys pretty cleanly and actually finished them both as well. The problem with betting on Alex Oliveira is just you never know what he's going to do. He's always approaching fights in a different manner. It's really hard to predict his fights, honestly. I probably have a terrible record on the Martian MMA podcast of picking Oliveira fights. Another thing to worry about for Oliveira is his bottom game. I just feel like he always ends up on bottom and he spends multiple minutes there a fight. He doesn't have terrible takedown defense. He's not a bad grappler, but whenever he gets taken down, you can just almost guarantee that he's going to lay on his back for two to three minutes, and it can often lose him rounds. And it's not like Randy Brown is a super reliable wrestler, but he has had a few takedowns in his UFC career. He is a capable grappler from top position. So I think it's possible that we might see Randy Brown look to hit a takedown here just to exploit how bad Oliveira is off of his back. But even if the fight stays standing in the striking, I favor Brown there. He's very long. He knows how to use his length very well. He uses jabs, front kicks, knees up the middle. And I think that Brown is a steadily improving striker. So I think he outstrikes Oliveira here, might even hit a takedown. And I think Oliveira is probably going to need a big moment, like a knockdown or to rock Brandy Brown to win this fight because I don't trust his minute winning ability. He is not a good round winner. And I think he loses the fight here, likely by decision. We might even see a finish in the last two rounds for Brown, but I'll go with decision for Brown. Randy Brown is the pick, and at minus 145, I think he is playable. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, Oliveira fights hard to predict, hard to be confident in. So, you know, approach this with caution. But once again, Brown decision is the pick. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Jim Crute, who is the minus 210 favorite, taking on Anthony Smith, who is the plus 180 underdog. This line seems about right, maybe a little bit wide in favor of Crute. I think maybe minus 170, plus 150 would be a little more appropriate, but I'm not in a rush to bet Anthony Smith. He's a very underwhelming fighter, not a big fan of him as, at all. But this is a pretty bad matchup for Anthony Smith. He's going against Jimmy Crute, who is an ever-improving fighter. His striking has been looking a lot better. He's been hurting opponents with some strikes in the feet recently. I think the striking should be competitive between these two. I actually give a slight advantage to Smith. But in terms of grappling, I do think that Crude is probably capable of taking Anthony Smith down. Smith has struggled with getting taken down and stuck on his back in recent fights. He got taken down and grinded against the cage for the entire fight against Rakic. He got taken down and stuck on bottom in round two versus Ozdemir. He got taken down and stuck on bottom versus John Jones a few years back. So I think it's pretty clear that Crude doesn't have good takedown defense. He doesn't have great ability to get off of his back, but Crude is not exactly a very safe top position grappler. He can be reversed. He can be sweeped and submitted at times when he's on top position like Misha Sirkunov did not that long ago. So I don't think Smith will be in very much danger on the ground. I think he'll have the guard skills, the ability to not get finished. And that's why I like the goes the distance prop in this fight. I tracked this bet earlier on in the week on my bet MMA tips page. Goes the distance was at like plus 185 or something like that. So I put a bet on that. I liked it for this fight to go the distance. In terms of an official pick, I'm pretty sure that Crute is going to win this fight, mostly because she's just a much more aggressive and high initiative fighter. I mean, he's always coming forward, throwing strikes, attempting takedowns, attempting submissions on the ground, while Smith is kind of lazy at times. He doesn't have high initiative. He doesn't throw a high amount of strikes. He doesn't have very much initiative to get off of his back once he gets taken down. And I mean, the Rakich fight most recently was pretty embarrassing. 
He was just taken down and pushed against the cage and just grinded out for all 15 minutes of that fight. He showed no promise whatsoever. I don't even know if he landed a strike that entire fight. So really bad performance from Smith there. I think the crew probably can replicate it by hitting takedowns. And I hope he doesn't get finished on the ground because I do have a bet on goes to distance here. And my official pick will be Jimmy Crew by decision. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Chris Weidman as the minus 125 favorite taking on Uriah Hall as the plus 105 underdog. I agree with where this line is at. I think that Weidman deserves to be a slight favorite here. I just think he has more ways to win the fight. I think he could potentially keep it standing and throw and land more strikes and outstrike Hall. And of course, the most obvious path for him would be to hit takedowns, keep top position, and use his great top game to outgrapple Hall. And Hall has been taken down a few times in his recent fights. He got taken down and mounted by Christoph Jocko. He got taken down by Musasi and TKO with the Dagestani handcuff there. He also was taken down and had his back taken a few times versus Antonio Carlos Jr. in his recent fights. You also get over to Uriah Hall striking. He was getting outstruck by Anderson Silva in his last fight. He was getting outstruck by Bivon Lewis not that long ago. He got rocked and dropped versus Christoph Jocko. So... Hall is a pretty underwhelming fighter. I think he's really overrated in terms of his overall career. I think a lot of people are assuming that Hall has a striking advantage here, but I do not think that's the right take at all. I think the striking is going to be really competitive, 50-50 exchanges. I guess Hall is the more durable on the feet, so maybe I give him a slight striking advantage based on that. We won't have to worry about Hall getting knocked out as much. But Weidman has the boxing ability. He has the volume to very well compete and maybe even win the striking here. I don't really expect Weidman to keep the fight standing for too long. I do think he looks to hit takedowns here, and I think he successfully hits takedowns, honestly. He had a bit of a close fight with Omari Akhmedov in his last fight, was 1-1 going into round 3, but he showed that championship caliber fighter he is, that good cardio, that experience, was able to take down, get top position, and 10-8 Omari Akhmedov in that last round, partially due to Akhmedov being gassed, but... Weidman still had a tough fight. He came out on top, and I think that was a pretty good test for Chris Weidman in that matchup. If Hall wants to win this fight, he's likely going to need to rock Weidman at some point and probably score a knockout because I don't trust his volume to win rounds. I don't trust his takedown defense to stop takedowns. So he's probably going to have to knock out Weidman at some point here. So if you like Hall in this fight, just take him by knockout. Maybe look to live bet Hall after a round or two, depending on how Weidman's cardio is looking. But in terms of pre-fight, I think the value is on Weidman here and I'm picking him to win. I think he's going to compete on the feet, maybe even win, and he will hit takedowns, keep top position, and use that great grappling of his to likely outgrapple Hall to a decision here. So the pick is going to be Weidman by decision for me. Now getting into the first of the three title fights on this card we have in the women's flyweight division, champion Valentina Shevchenko as the minus 450 favorite taking on Jessica Andrade as the plus 350 underdog. This is only Andrade's second fight at this weight class, but she needs no introduction. We know what kind of fighter she is. She's a great pressure fighter. She comes forward nonstop, throws a ton of volume on the feet. She's very durable. Up until the point of the Weili Zhang fight, she'd had insane durability throughout her career. But even in the Rose rematch, she ate some big punches in rounds 1 and 2. They didn't seem to phase her at all. She kept marching forward and then won the second half of that fight pretty emphatically. So I don't think that Andrade's chin is too much of a question after she got knocked out by Zhang. In Andrade's first fight at 125, she was able to defeat Caitlin Chukagan. She didn't look great in that fight. She looked a little off balance in the clinch, was getting controlled and eating some knees and elbows in the clinch, but she was landing big punches. She was digging to the body well with her, her punches and eventually finished Chukagan with a body punch and some ground and pound. 
So the fact that Andrade had somewhat of a competitive fight versus Chukagian, but was still able to find that round one knockout finish, I think proved that she definitely deserves to be at this weight class. She's comfortable with this weight class, and her power has carried up into this new weight class with her. And I think she has the potential to be a tough matchup for Shevchenko. Definitely the toughest matchup for Shevchenko since Joanna and Jacek back in t- late 2018, I think that fight was. Shevchenko's past three or four fights have been pretty easy. Maya, Karmouche, I, and I think this is going to be a much tougher test for Shevchenko. So based on that alone, I'm sort of leaning towards the dog in terms of betting here. Plus 350 for a good pressure fighter who has knockout power, who has ability to hit takedowns as well, is big because in Shevchenko's last fight against Jennifer Maya, she was taken down in round two of that fight. She actually kind of took down herself. She went for a bad outside trip, ended up on bottom, and got stuck on bottom for about three, three and a half minutes. She didn't look great off of her back against the cage, and it's not the first time we've seen that. We saw that against Juliana Pena in her, her fight a few years ago as well. Most people think of Andrade as just that nonstop pressure fighter who swings bombs on the feet, but don't forget, she's capable of hitting takedowns. She's capable of keeping top position. I mean, go back and watch the Claudia Gadelia fight. She outgrappled Claudia Gadelia so badly, smashed her with ground and pound. I mean, she ragdolled Claudia Gadelia in that fight, and Gadelia is a great grappler of her own right. In terms of Shevchenko's game plan here, she's likely going to try to replicate the success that Joanna Gadelia had against Jessica Andrade when they fought a few years back. I think that performance from Ioana was one of the best performances in MMA history with how perfect she was. I mean, it was a great lesson in distance control and moving on the back foot, footwork, striking. I mean, Ioana really just outstruck her the entire fight on the back foot, stuffed all of her takedowns, and it was just a masterclass performance from Ioana. I definitely think that Shevchenko is the better striker and likely does have success outstriking Andrade in the back foot, lighting her up with straight punches, her check left hook, her left kick that's really good that she knocked out Jessica I with. But I think the pressure of Andrade will start to add up. I think Andrade can take some of her bigger shots. And I think Andrade will eventually bully her way into the clinch, get a takedown, get some top position control time. I'm not super confident that Andrade will keep top position for a long amount of time. I'm not confident that she'll win the fight, but I am pretty sure that Andrade is going to land at least a takedown or two in these early rounds. And I think it's going to be close enough to to think that the plus 350 underdog is a good bet. And I think that Andrade probably is worth a small bet at this price. And I'm not going to straight out pick her to win. I'm still going to pick Valentina Shevchenko to win by decision. But I've seen enough weaknesses from Shevchenko in the Maya fight. I think that Andrade could replicate that. Andrade is a durable pressure fighter who's capable of striking on the feet, capable of eating some big shots, and she will just never stop coming forward. So if Shevchenko wants to win this fight cleanly, she's probably going to have to knock out Andrade with that picture-perfect counter shot like she did in the eye fight because if she doesn't, Andrade is going to be the Terminator coming forward nonstop, and I think she has a good chance to make this fight ugly and to make it a lot closer than the odds indicate. So in terms of an official pick, I'm going to go with Valentina Shevchenko to win by decision, but I'll be rooting for Andrade in this fight. Likely we'll have a small bet on Andrade as well, and I hope she somehow pulls off the upset. The next fight takes place for the UFC Women's Strawweight Championship fight. We have champion Zhang Wei Li as the minus 205 favorite, taking on Rose Namajunas as the plus 175 underdog. I've kind of been going back and forth between the Zheng Wei Li versus Wei Li Zhang pronunciation, so you'll probably hear both in this matchup, but what a great fight. Really looking forward to this fight. I think it's probably the most exciting fight on the card. It's really competitive, and I think it's a lot more competitive than the line indicates, so I do think it is dog or pass at this price. I would definitely not bet on Zhang at this minus 200 price. 
To start things off, I will say that I was pretty impressed with Zhang in the Yuan against Jacek fight. I did think that Joanna won the fight and deserved the decision, but still, we saw a lot of good things from Zhang that we hadn't seen before. I thought her durability in that fight was insane. She definitely looked a bit wobbled from some punches at times, but she never really took a backward step. She looked like she was in the fight at all times, and she looks like she's really hard to hurt with punches because she showed a crazy chin in that fight. I would also say that her cardio looked better than expected, and I do think that she lost rounds 3 and 4, but she did come back well in rounds 5, and landed some big red hands in round 5, but I think a lot of that fight was was determined by Joanna's bubble on her forehead, I think the judges saw that, freaked out a little bit, and I think that Zhang really won that fight on her insane athleticism, durability, and I don't really think that she really outshuck Ioana there. I think in terms of who landed the better strikes, the more consistent offense, I think Ioana and Jacek won the majority of that fight, like 75% of that fight. So it's a shame that she didn't get that decision. But no disrespect to Zhang, I don't fully disagree with a Zhang scorecard there because all five rounds were really close, honestly. So greatest fight in women's MMA history. I think this has a chance of being a similar great fight as well. So when talking about the striking between these two, I do think that Rose is the better boxer. I think she's got the better skill. She's got better footwork. She also has the better defense as well. Big problem I saw from Weili Zhang in that fight is she just did not avoid the punches of Ioana and Jacek at all. She got hit with the same punches, the same left hook all night. She didn't move her head. She didn't duck under any punches. She just really relied on her having an insane chin and ate all those shots and kept coming forward. But I honestly think that Rose has a little bit more power behind her punches. And I think that we could see Rose actually rock her Zhang at some point as well because Rose just doesn't move her head. She doesn't avoid the punches coming. And I think Rose is the more accurate, the better boxer. And I think she's going to be outboxing Wei Li Zhang early on in this fight. That's really why I like Rose at plus 175 because I think she has the big round one, round two upside. I think she is going to win those rounds. And I think she's going to be the favorite in the live lines maybe five to seven minutes into this fight. Now, I think a big issue for Rose here, and one of the most common assumptions that people are making about this fight is that Rose is going to gas out at the 10-minute mark, because that's kind of what she did against Andrade. Now, when re-watching that fight, I don't think that she was completely gassed. She just ended up getting hit with the bigger punches. She got outboxed in the last six or seven minutes of that fight, but she still won the fight. She still clearly won rounds one and two, in my opinion. So it was a bit concerning that she lost round three there, but it's not like she was extremely rocked at any point. She didn't look deathly tired. And that kind of happened in the Yuani and Jacek fight against Rose as well. She won rounds one and two of that fight, lost rounds three and four, and then ended up coming back and winning rounds five in that fight. And that's sort of what Zhang did as well. She didn't have great cardio in all five rounds against Joanna. She had good cardio in like three out of the five rounds. So I think people are kind of blowing these Rose cardio things out of proportion a bit. Sure, it looked like she slowed down and it wasn't a great look in round three versus Andrade, but I think Andrade is a better pressure fighter than Zhang. She has that more nonstop pressure and volume, while Zhang's offense is a bit inconsistent. I think she was throwing way less punches than Yuan in their fight. She was kind of relying on landing that big right hand, and Yuan had the much more consistent offense, and I think that Rose is going to have the more consistent offense here too. Now, in terms of clinching and grappling for this fight, I favor Rose Namajunas in terms of grappling. I think that she is the better grappler. She's more proven in terms of hitting takedowns, keeping control, and submitting her opponents. And Zhang is no slouch on the ground. She has hit her fair share of takedowns, submitted a lot of opponents, has a good submission game. But I do think that we will see Rose have the better jujitsu of the two. It's not like Rose has a ton of reliable wrestling. She can hit takedowns from time to time. But I think the clinch will kind of open up some opportunities for Rose to get takedowns. 
Zhang likes to clinch. She likes, you know, kind of muscling and bullying takedowns, kind of ripping her opponents to the floor, but she doesn't have the, mo the most technique, and I think she gets a real wild in those clinch exchanges, and we could see Rose Nam Yunus get a back take or, or a takedown from those clinch exchanges somehow, and once the fight goes to the floor, I think the Rose will be able to keep her down, and we might see Rose out grapple her a little bit as well. So wrapping up my analysis here, I think this fight could go in a plethora of different ways, but I do think the Rose is the better boxer. I think she has the better defense. She has the round one and two upside, and I think the Rose has the better jujitsu of the two as well. So I like Rose Namunis as an underdog in this fight. I'm a bit concerned about her cardio because she did slow down in the Andrade fight. We might see her slow down in rounds three and four here, but even if she slows down in round three and four, I think she might catch a second win. She might be able to come back and win round five, kind of like she did against Ioana and Chechek. And I think people are writing Rose Namunis off a little bit too early here. So my official pick for this fight is going to be Thug Rose Namajunas to win the fight via decision. I think she probably wins rounds 1, 2, and 5 or something like that. But we could honestly see a finish from Rose in the first two rounds. I think she's got... She's a faster starter. She's going to be lighting Zhang up with punches early. And if the fight somehow ends up on the floor, I think we could see that jujitsu advantage for Rose come out. And we could see a submission from Rose as well. I'm definitely going to end up with a bet on Rose Namajunas here. It's just a matter of when I decide to bet because... China money is real. Zhang is getting love in this line at minus 200. I think we could see Rose get up to plus 190, plus 200. So I'm just going to be waiting for the next 24 hours to see when I want to lock in my action. But I like Nam Yunus as an underdog, and I'm picking her to pull off the upset via decision. The next fight takes place for the UFC Welterweight Championship. We have champion Kamara Usman as the minus 450 favorite, taking on Jorge Masvidal as the plus 350 underdog. This fight is obviously a rematch. The first fight took place last July. Usman won via pretty dominant decision. I would say 49-46 is what I scored the fight. But don't forget that Masvidal did take that fight on one week's notice. He had to travel to Abu Dhabi. He had to cut weight. He really didn't have a training camp to prepare for that fight. So I think based on that fact alone, the rematch kind of favors Jorge Masvidal. He has a full camp to prepare for this fight. He doesn't have to fly halfway across the world and cut weight on one week's notice. He's fighting in his home state of Florida, and he's also been in the cage with Usman before. He knows a little bit more what to expect. He knows how to, to deal with Usman's game a little bit, and the same does go for Usman, but I'm pretty sure that Masvidal is the more dangerous fighter of the two, that he's the better striker. He has more chance at landing hard punches and rocking uh, Usman on the feet because in round one, Usman did not look comfortable in the striking range. He was getting hit with some punches, some body kicks, and Usman just looked overall uncomfortable. We saw that in the Burns fight as well. He got clipped in round one of that fight, but did recover. So Usman is definitely hittable. His boxing defense is not great, and especially in the early one, two, three rounds, he's going to be at risk for getting knocked out. It's not like we've seen Usman show a bad chin before, but we've definitely seen him buzzed. Colby Covington buzzed him a few times. That punch from uh, Burns definitely buzzed him, so... It is not out of the question at all that Masvidal can land a big shot early to rock Usman with a punch, maybe knock him out in the first two or three rounds. Rewatching the first fight this week, I think that Masvidal actually did pretty well in the first five to seven minutes of the fight. He was landing some good strikes. He was stuffing some takedowns. He got up off of his back. He was able to break the clinch against the cage a few times. So I thought Masvidal showed some promise. He just ran out of gas, wasn't prepared enough for that fight. And I think he's going to come in better shape, better conditioning. He's going to be more prepared for this fight. And I think he's going to make it closer than the odds indicate. So in terms of a pre-fight bet, I think that Masvidal is the money line side. I think rounds one, two, 
two and three Mazadal prop. If you have access to that, it was at like plus 490. I think that's a decent prop to stab Mazadal on because if it does get into rounds four and five, I think that heavily favored Usman. I think if the fight goes that long, it means Usman is taken over by that point and he's likely going to dominate rounds four and five like he did in the first fight. Considering that Usman didn't finish the fight the first time when Masvidal's cardio was much worse than it will be now, I don't like his chances at finding a finish here. I think Usman wins by decision if he wins at all, and I will still be picking Kamara Usman to win by decision. I do think that Masvidal has more success in rounds 1 and 2, but I'm not going to full out pick him to knock out Usman in rounds 1, 2, and 3, although I do think it is within the realm of possibilities for Masvidal to catch Usman early and knock him out in rounds 1, 2, or 3, so... Pure pick-wise, I'm going to pick Usman to replicate most of the same game plan he did in the first fight, avoid the distance striking, get the fight into the clinch against the cage, grind Masvidal out against the cage, stomp his feet, knee his thighs, take him down. It's not going to be likely an exciting fight, just like the first fight wasn't very exciting, uh, but I think Usman probably does survive that early storm, survive the distance striking of Masvidal, and get it into his range where he's going to dominate the last three or four rounds. So, I'm going to be picking Kamara Usman to win by 48-46 decision. I think Masvidal might win rounds one and two, and we're going to see Usman turn it up for a 10-8 in the last three rounds. Uh, so the pick is Usman by decision. And as I mentioned before, in terms of pre-fight money line bets for this fight, I think that Masvidal is the side to be on. Maybe look to live bet Kamara Usman after five to ten minutes. And in terms of pre-fight Usman bets, I think just Usman by decision is the way to take him. He beat him by decision the first time. He did not look too interested in finishing the first time along when Masvidal wasn't prepared for the fight. So now that Masvidal is more prepared for the fight, I don't see Usman turning it up and getting that finish. So Usman decision is the pick. And that is going to do it for this podcast. We analyzed all 13 fights. We got three title fights. We got a lot of new UFC fighters. So be careful with some of the bets in the prelims. Some of those guys can't be trusted. But I do have a few bets tracked on my Bet MMA Tips page already. And I will add a few more in the next 24 hours. So make sure you check that out. Follow me on Bet MMA Tips. And thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoyed the fights this weekend. Hope you all win some bets. And I will see you before the next UFC card next week. Peace.